This episode is sponsored by Horizon Capital, an M&A and micro-private equity firm that acquires and grows SaaS companies. Horizon Capital only works with SaaS companies generating between 500K and 5 million in annual recurring revenue, where they help them unlock the true value of their business and scale to the next level. Whether you're ready to move on to your next startup or want to work with the right growth partner, Horizon's team will work with you to find the best structure possible. From M&A strategy to capital investments, SaaS is all they do. Simple as that. If you're a SaaS founder with less than $5 million in annual recurring revenue and are looking to sell your business, visit horizoncapital.com today and get a free valuation. If you'd like to sponsor the SaaS District podcast or recommend any guests that you think would be valuable to be on the show, visit horizoncapital.com slash SaaS podcast today. Thanks again, folks. Hello, hello, everyone. This is your host, Akil Jabbar, and welcome back to another episode of SaaS District. In today's episode, we'll be talking about how our guests scaled a startup, skipped the dishes from a small team to over 2,500 employees. Today, we have our guest, Russell Sabarin, joining us. Ross is now the co-founder and CEO of a gift, a video gift startup, VidDay. It's a group gift video solution where they bring in over a million video uploads from over 150 co- countries into their platform. Ross formerly helped scale Skip the Dishes, which if you guys don't know, is a seamless online food delivery and pickup app from a small startup team to that over 2,500 employees, which we'll talk about today. So welcome, Russell. Super excited to have you on SaaS District Show today. Thank you, Akil. It's a pleasure to be on the show today. Awesome. So uh, for those in our background, we always like to start off, what's your personal background? What is your past experience in ventures, including being part of that Skip the Dishes uh, up until I think it was acquired by 100 by Just Eat by, I think, for over $110 million. Is that correct? Yeah, that's right. And um, I've had a pretty, a, a varied background. Uh, I grew up in a small town. So uh, when I was young, working on the farm uh, at the family business, I uh, spent some time managing a, a lodge that was off the grid. So we had our own power system, our own water system, satellite telephone, satellite internet. And uh, like you mentioned, skip the dishes. That was a wild ride. When I joined in in 2014, we had around 25 employees. And uh, when I exited last year, uh, like I said, we had around 2,500. Certainly wore a lot of hats there, uh, but spent most of my time uh, building out and and leading the operations teams. And uh, when I exited last summer, I was heading the the business intelligence uh, teams as well. So that was kind of a a fun new uh, foray for me, and it's it's been something that I've become quite passionate about. Nice. So you know, from farm to skip the dishes, what was that kind of that transition? Um, you know, what what was it that kind of attracted you to that role at the time when they were you know very early on? Were you just like you know drawn towards the startup scene and you saw the potential, or uh, you know where were you in that in your in your career at the time that that made that transition there? Yeah. So there's they're pretty different industries, of course, but I think mm-hmm. yeah. What's been consistent throughout that process is just uh, I, I've got a passion for learning. Uh, I like to take things apart, figure out how they work, and uh, and put them back together. So 
I think that's that's kind of what drew me to the the tech startup scene is that you could move at an incredible velocity. Uh, just lots of things that that were exciting to me. I've always enjoyed technology, and that's uh, yeah, it's brought me here today. Cool, cool. Um, so you've been there, I think, for just over four years. Um, can you share with our audience maybe some of the strategies that you implemented or that you've seen while you worked there that resulted in that growth and expansion of the, of the startup? Sure, I can certainly share a lot of the, the mistakes that we made. Sure. <laughs> that's important as well. <laughs> but uh, more seriously, I'd say that's actually something that's really important to consider is uh, you have to fail fast. So you're going to make a lot of mistakes along the way. You never have perfect information. Uh, you're going to be making a lot of a lot of guesses. Don't be afraid to pivot and just continue to to iterate. And the other thing as well, I'd say it's it's really important to get things launched into your production environment uh, as MVPs. So that's minimum viable products. So just get it in front of your customers and uh, you can iteratively, iteratively improve it as you start to get feedback from, from your customers. The other thing I'd say is surround yourself with a team that's passionate and empower them to help move the needle. Very quickly, a startup grows beyond what you can achieve as an, as an individual. And it's more focused on what can we collectively achieve as a team. I like to say uh, dream work makes the team work. Nice. Uh, all right. Teamwork <laughs> makes teamwork. <laughs> teamwork makes the dream work. Yeah, that's true. That's a good point. Um, so, you know, from that growth, you said, you know, you made a lot of iterative uh, changes, fail fast. And, um, you know, how, how fast were you making those changes? Like when you're releasing these, these features out to your, to, uh, you know, your users and you're trying to make a decision whether you should, you know, implement it or not. Like, is this like a weekly thing? Are you doing this monthly? Like, like how, how, how are you making these decisions here? Yes, that's certainly going to change uh, as the business itself changes. And uh, I'd say when it comes to tech startups, it's not uncommon for new code to be hitting the, the production environment multiple times per week, especially in the early days. Uh, here at Vidday, uh, there's days where we're doing up to three releases per day into our production environment. So, yeah, code is changing uh, all the time. We're taking that data, we're measuring the results, we're getting feedback from customers, and then we're fine-tuning, we're making adjustments. And again, you fail fast. You're going to make a lot of mistakes. Uh, just create that, that safe space with your team where we can try things that... Uh, are outside the box. We can try novel ideas. Most of them won't work. When you find something that sticks, then you focus on that. You make it better, and you you win the winners. Nice. Um, and can you share any like you know constraints or strategies? So you know we have a lot of startups in in our uh, audience who are you know coming in and they're facing giants in the space, right? So you guys were competing with you know guys like Uber Eats and you know DoorDash. Um, how did you guys manage that and stay competitive? Because I like, for example, I know like Just Eat at some point tried to enter the Canadian market and I think they, they failed. Um, so what would you say was kind of your advantage that kept you guys uh, growing? Yeah, it was an interesting story with Just Eat as they ultimately uh, acquired us. They did end up um, launching into the Canadian market. And I suppose um, the fact that you don't know that they were there uh, is a testament to, to how we were able to kind of fend off um, them as a competitor, but certainly Uber Eats and uh, DoorDash, very deep uh, pockets. And it it really, um, it ended up 
being a pretty big opportunity for us as at that time we were largely bootstrapped and we didn't have the resources or the runway to, to kind of throw money at the problem like some of uh, our competitors were doing. We really had to look at the problems, the issues uh, that we faced in food delivery, bring them down to the actual root of the issue and actually solve the problems. Um, so we couldn't really ignore them because we, we couldn't afford to. We actually had to solve the efficiency problems. We had to solve uh, the things that, that were plaguing the industry. And that kind of gave us an early edge in that we put a lot of focus in our tech and in our stack to really make delivery work, especially in the, the mid-market or the tertiary markets. And that really allowed us to, to thrive. And as the economy and uh, things changed, um, maybe it was a little bit harder to, to come by capital. We saw a lot of other competitors that just simply could, couldn't make a go of it because the underlying business model just relied on, on solving those problems with, with money. So I'd say, yeah, as with anything else, whenever you're faced with a challenge, you look at how it can be an opportunity and how you can use it to your advantage. Would you say uh, like timing was was a major factor? Like you know, at the time when you guys came in and launched in in Canada, or you know, if you came in a little later, or you know, Uber Eats had more market share, would have been you know a different story. Yeah, first mover advantage uh, always gives you an edge. It, it'll be easier to make the land grabs to um, uh, to be the first. Uh, service that, that restaurants partner with, get more loyalty from, uh, we had a three-sided marketplace, that's our couriers, restaurants, and, and customers. So certainly it was uh, a, an instrumental part of our success. Mm, nice, nice. So, um, so, you know, 2016, they were acquired by Just Eat. And then, you know, what was your reason for stepping away, um, you know, while you were around through that entire exit process? And then launching, I think, Vid Day in, in 2019, so three three years after the exit, which is your new yeah. startup now. So Skip the Dishes, uh, it was an amazing part of my life. Uh, I learned so much, made a lot of great friendships, professional relationships. Um, but personally, I, I thrive in, in chaotic environments. Uh, I like things to change frequently. I like to get involved, get my hands dirty. And... Uh, it was just time for me to, to pass on the, the, the torch. We had a really great team and uh, they were better suited to, to kind of take Skip the Dishes to, to the next level. Mm. So after I, I exited um, in 2019, um, I actually bought a, a truck and a camper and my family and I took a, a road trip for, for a few months. So we, we traveled across Canada, we stayed in national parks, we hiked, we biked, uh, we had a great adventure. Um, when we returned home, we had covered, I think, 15,000 uh, kilometers. And uh, that was just a really great experience, kind of a way to unplug, recharge the, uh, the batteries a little bit. But um, once I got back, I quick re quickly realized I like challenges, I like to, to stay busy and, and wanted to jump into something else. And so when I joined VidDay, uh, it was already launched. Uh, mm -hmm. The timing ended up working really great as it was just kind of blossoming from a passion project into uh, a fully-fledged business. Mm -hmm. And so during my first three months at, at VidDay, we actually grew uh, 100x in volume. So it was, wow. a, uh, it was a fun ride to, uh, to jump into and uh, another, uh, another rocket ship. 
Cool, cool. So you guys are growing pretty quickly now. So for those, I mean, Vid Day, can you explain a little bit what, what do you guys do and uh, you know, what's, what's the, what is the, the, the solution you're bringing to the market here? Sure. So the vision was pioneered by uh, Denis Diving. That was the original founder. His goal was to make people smile and he's all about the human connection. So the platform, uh, it's at vidday.com. You go onto our website, whether you have a retirement party, a birthday, an anniversary, or at this time of the year, uh, want to make a holiday greeting. Uh, you create an event and it's basically crowdsourced contributions uh, that you can make a video montage for somebody. So I actually just made one for my wife for, for her birthday. Uh, I sent out the link to, to our friends and family and we got submissions from all around the world, people that we had traveled with, family, some coworkers. They all made nice videos uh, saying what they loved about uh, Shannon, that's my wife, and all the great things she's done. We basically take all those contributions, make it into one uh, video montage, and then give that as a gift uh, to the recipient. Nice, yeah, I mean, I've, uh, I think I've recently created a video so, so specifically like that, where it was compiled by what there's usually one main organizer for a, a mutual friend, and then they, they, they reach out to everybody and everybody has to record it. They compile it. And then they, I assume they use some kind of like video editing tool to put it all together. Um, yeah, you know, from your perspective, like the product is so specific with the product and offering, which you guys are putting out there. How, how do you feel like, how big do you feel this market opportunity is? You feel like there is a big space to be, you know, uh, marketed to here. Yeah, that's a great question. And again, um, with a startup and when you're trying to solve an issue, you really have to uh, identify what your core competency is and you've got Mm -hmm. to do it better than anyone else. So uh, part of the beauty about uh, VidDay is how easy it is for the creator. So it's a website, not an app. Nothing that needs to be downloaded onto your phone. you simply create the event, you get that link that you can share to friends and family. Um, again, the contributors, they visit the website, they can upload video from their telephone, from their computer, there's nothing that needs to be downloaded. And then for the creator, we've got all the editing tools built into uh, into the website. It's easy to use, the options are tailored and custom built uh, for our specific themes and, and videos. And so that's really why we chose that niche and we want to be the, the best platform for it. But one of the great things about tech is that it's geographically agnostic. So that means uh, we can do videos from anywhere in the world. So already we've sold videos to over 150 countries uh, around the globe. Mm-hmm. We are best known for, for birthdays, but certainly, um, as I mentioned before, with retirements, anniversaries, baby showers, graduations, Mother's Day, uh, there's all sorts of opportunities to, to use VidDay. And we're really only limited um, to an internet connection and some discretionary income. So it's a pretty large market. Uh, currently, we're, we only offer our service in English, but in the future, we, we do hope to expand that as well. Cool. Um, so can, you, can you talk a little bit, you know, you mentioned when you joined, you know, there's a lot of a growth. So it seems like you're starting to hit product market fit. Um, can you share what were the initial costs to, to get kind of vid day off the ground until you hit that point? Or are you guys investing a lot of, a lot of the yeah. capital? Yeah, so product market fit. Um, I mean, the first vid day was made on a laptop. And uh, it was after having received all the videos uh, via email. And um, I mean, it was it was 
manually made through uh, a typical video editing software. And I think the results of that first video is what really inspired the project. Uh, the recipient cried tears of joy. Uh, they said, it's the best present I've ever received in my life. There was just so much great feedback from the contributors um, who had submitted videos to the event. And that's really what, what kickstarted the project. So it was a really iterative approach. Um, as multiple events started being created at the same time, uh, the concept of having one general inbox and receiving videos from multiple contributors, that obviously wasn't uh, working very well. So, okay, let's spin up a website uh, where we can start to have indiv individual events um, for, for the different days. And then, of course, um, with HD video, the amount of infrastructure that's needed for uh, transcoding, encoding, rendering, uh, et cetera, et cetera, uh, required a lot more investment. Um, and so bringing in the, the other uh, co-founders, Jeff Laxon, Denis DeBing, and then um, growing the engineering team. So Greg and Will to help set up some of the infrastructure to, to actually make it happen. Um, all that to say, a lot of it was, was blood, sweat, uh, blood, tears, and sweat equity. Um, some of the original founders put in some money. We've had some great uh, partners as well. Uh, so, for example, we're a part of the AWS Activate program. They've given us access to uh, engineering time, help with prototyping, uh, well-architected reviews, uh, a large amount of credits to help us with that prototyping and, and developing of, of new tech. And then we've had some uh, great help from some provincial and, and federal programs as well in the form of, of grants and subsidies. Cool. So have you guys uh, raised any external capital or completely bootstrapped kind of internally with the founders capital or co-founders? Yeah, at this point, completely bootstrapped. Nice. Are you guys planning to do a, a raise at any point or you guys think you're fine? Uh, it's, it's always an option. Yeah. 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 Very cool. Um, so. What would you say is like, you know, your pricing model is interesting, right? Like when you get the way you guys set it up as a length based model, depending on the length of the video, you know, why did you guys decide that pricing model? And have you tried uh, testing or validating other other models like per template yeah. or selling templates or whatnot? Sure. That's a great question. And uh, yeah, so vid days start at $5. They increase by length uh, of the final video. For us, it just made the most amount of sense. Uh, we're able to charge customers in line with what they're receiving. So customers always feel like they're getting the, uh, the right amount of value for, for the price that they've paid. A short video with, with few contributors means we have to do a lot less transcoding, a lot less rendering. We've got less customer care costs. So it's natural that, that we would charge less. Uh, some of the days for, say, retirements or maybe a 50th birthday party, they can exceed an hour in length. So they might have over 100 unique contributors, thousands of pieces of media, and things are just a lot more involved. The software and hardware required to move those large file sizes and, and handle that uh, is it, a lot more demanding and, and the price, therefore, reflects that. Got it. So you just decided to keep it with, have you, have you guys tested others or you guys stuck with this model from the beginning and just stuck with it? Yeah, we've been iterating and, and changing the, the pricing structure. We'll continue to do that. Uh, we've got a lot of really great ideas in our upcoming road, roadmap that's going to allow us to trial some, some different iterations as well. Uh, so we're looking forward to adding some more flexibility into that pricing structure. 
Okay. Um, now you mentioned you have an engineering team who, you know, obviously that, that's where you kind of put a lot of your investment. Do you also have a specialized team specifically focused on creating and designing new templates, themes, and, and kind of editing options? Yeah, so all of our themes uh, are developed in-house. Uh, so Jeff, our, he leads our design team. We call him Goldfingers. Uh, <laughs> he's been doing a really great job. Um, some of the themes that we'll be releasing shortly, uh, one of them I know was inspired by his son. So it's really cool to kind of see uh, that process as it evolves and, and we can kind of give feedback on it uh, as it's going through the design and, and testing phases. And it's really, really exciting to see it come into production and, and have people from all around the world use those, uh, use those themes. In terms of the editing options, uh, yeah, most of them are, are developed in-house. Again, it's, these aren't off-the-shelf components. Um, they have to fit into our themes, and we're doing things with the videos that aren't really available anywhere else. So we've got to build the, those options specific to the platform. And it just allows it to be more intuitive and easy to use for our customers. Cool. Um, so, you know, many SaaS companies we talked to, we've worked with, they start as a simple, you know, niche solution, which I think you guys are, are offering here. And then you expand into other product offerings based on user feedback, which we kind of talked about, which you did at Skip as well. Um, where do you see the product expanding to in this market with, with kind of your roadmap in mind? Or is it still too early to tell? Yeah, we don't want to lose sight of our core competencies. And um, as I mentioned earlier, we've got a lot of great ideas for the platform. Uh, as the product continues to evolve, we'll expand on that on that uh, product. But we do want to ensure that we stay true to our values. So haven't touched on it uh, too much yet. But for uh, as an example, for every video that we sell, we plant a tree. Uh, we offer our services completely uh, free for get well videos. So that's to help people on, on their road to recovery. So oh. again, the company was, was founded and, uh, and its goal is all based on the premise of, of doing good in the world. So as we make, uh, whether it's design or strategic choices, we want to make sure that we can stay true to, to those values. Cool. Um, cool. So, so Russ, I want to switch gears here a little bit more kind of on a, on a personal level. Um, you know, what, what's one advice you wish you had known and maybe would tell your 25 year old self as a, as an entrepreneur for other young entrepreneurs listening and maybe want to give them some advice. What would you tell yourself? Sure. Uh, yeah, that's a great one. Um, the biggest thing I'd say is it's a marathon, uh, not a sprint. So with startups, it can feel like there's so many things to do. You've got to accomplish all of them. Uh, what I've come to learn, though, is uh, once you hit a milestone or you have a big accomplishment, it simply opens the door to another three things that you can be doing. You're always going to be uh, as busy as you can be. There'll always be more things that you can do. Uh, so remember to pace yourself and uh, your physical and your mental health wins every time. Take care of mm -hmm. yourself. And in the long term, that will net you the best results. Love it. Um, and so what are some challenges you guys are facing right now in, in order to continue to grow Vid Day? Yeah, we've got the, the usual, I like to call them opportunities, not challenges. Um, mm -hmm. 
Uh, yeah, how do we stop our funnel from leaking? How can we make the platform more stick, sticky? Should we refactor the code base to make it more performant and robust? Or should we focus on features and UI UX to ensure that we grow? Uh, we've got finite resources and we've got to ensure that we're making the best use of them at, at all times. So it's that uh, constant uh, adjustment and pivot, pivoting as to uh, what's changing in in the broader macro environment, and uh, what's what's happening inside of the code base? What kind of breakthroughs and, and setbacks are we getting? Cool. Um, you know, obviously you had some some success of, over the last few years. Who would you say, or what would you say, are three best resources? This can be books uh, and or people, whether it's mentors or people you follow, who you would say have been you know the most instru- instrumental to your success over the last few years. Yeah, I'd say uh, family's been in- instrumental for me, uh, especially my wife. She provides stability to our family. She's always supportive of my dreams and aspirations, gives me the confidence and courage to, to swing for the fences. I wouldn't be able, able to achieve the things that I have without her. And um, my kids, they remind me to slow down, appreciate mm-hmm. the little thing. Um, as you can see, we're, I, I work from home now during the, the pandemic and uh, they'll come down and, and say hello and just kind of bring some, some joy and some happiness to, to my life. Professionally, uh, I've learned so much from, from my peers uh, at Skip, uh, Kendall Bishop, Rui Mello, Mal Shedden, to, to name a few. And uh, in terms of books, um, I... I really enjoyed uh, the hard things about hard things by Ben uh, Horowitz. It's kind of a uh, a realistic insight into uh, into into startups. Um, yeah, certainly doesn't gloss over the fact that there's going to be uh, some high peaks, but some pretty deep valleys that uh, you've got to get through. Yeah, that's a that's a fantastic book. Recommend everybody read that one. Love it. Um, what what would you say success means to you today? Whether that's personally, financially, business. There's no right answer, but love to hear your take on it. Yeah, uh, another great question. Uh, I think it changes throughout one's life. Um, from a financial perspective, there's a, a certain requirement. You've got to have a roof on your head, food on your plate. Um, eventually, though, you get to a point where you start to get a, a diminishing return uh, on that financial success. So for me, success is, is more based on are we having a positive impact in the world? Are we helping others to, to grow within our team, with our employees? Uh, are they learning and succeeding? Uh, am I around and, and present for my family? And uh, at the end of the day, are we giving customers a, a great experience and, and, again, having a positive impact in the world? Nice. Love it. Cool. Uh, Ross, appreciate you jumping on uh, on SAS District today. What are what are your future plans for Vid Day and uh, where can our audience get in touch with you to learn more about what you're working on? Yeah, so they can find us at uh, vidday.com. That's V-I-D-D-A-Y.com, vidday.com. We're on Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, and Instagram. Uh, And we've got a couple actually really great initiatives that are happening right now. Uh, One of them is the Nominate a Hero program. So we're helping celebrate everyday heroes. Could be frontline workers, healthcare workers. Uh, You can head to our website, and I'll, I'll flip you a link after the call here. Uh, you can nominate someone in your life to receive a free video along with celebrity shout out. Uh, and so that's uh, a really great uh, program that 
that we've been uh, seeing some cool results with. And we've also pledged to offer a thousand uh, free videos. So whether it's charities, community groups, uh, or just individuals who are um, trying to help make the world and their community a better place, uh, especially those that have lost their reach. So maybe they've had to cancel some physical events uh, or maybe are, are just not getting out into the into the public as much as they, they could. Um, they can sign up on our website. I'll give you a link for that as well. And we'll make, uh, again, a thousand videos uh, for free. Very cool. Uh, I love what you guys are doing. Love the impact you guys are, are doing and trying to help people. Um, and we'll add those sh- those links to the show notes and uh, hope you guys can check it out and and share that with with the uh, people who need it. All right. Uh, appreciate that, Russ. And uh, wish you guys the best of luck in, in your success with your, your guys' company here. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me. No problem. Nice chatting. Cheers. Thank you all for listening in to this episode and joining SAS District today. Don't forget to leave a review and subscribe for future episodes where we interview top leaders in the SaaS industry. If you're a SaaS company looking to grow and unlock the true value of your business, get in touch with us at horizoncapital.com. And myself or one of our consultants will provide a free assessment to help you get there and hit your goals. If you have any feedback or suggestions for this podcast, please DM us on Instagram or LinkedIn at Horizon Capital and help us improve our content for you all. Thanks again and hope to see you on the next one.